0: Hello uh, and welcome to the Master Podcast, a home of positive fan culture here you know, about all things nerdy. I'm your co-host, Henry.
1: I am you, the co-host, Matthew. And this week
0: on the show, we will be discussing the Oscars. Uh woo! Woo! In particular, the idea of, you know, the winners that we think deserve to be won. A win. They deserve to win, as they did. Mm. Um, because I think you get a lot of, like, you get a lot of posts and podcasts and stuff like that that are about the ones that didn't deserve it. Um so four, you know, we'll do a one that's, you know, a bit positive, a bit positive spin on. That. Let's
1: go against the grain yeah,
0: Things that we we're like, oh yeah, that's for the other one. Um and I'm assuming <laughs> with this with this kind of topic there'll be like a general discussion of like, you know, what we think about the Oscars in general. <laughs> um mm, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird, you know, tradition in some ways, but yeah, we'll get to it. Mm. Uh but before that we will. uh of course we have the newsletter we'll get to, but just remind you before that as well, we have um our Instagram account at Marvelous Cinema Podcast, uh, where we do reviews during the week, uh, some rankings. Recently, doing some reels, some Instagram reels, because um, mm. they're easy to do, and you know, algorithms like content. <laughs> um, a bit behind the scenes there for you, um, but yeah, some fun things there for you. Some new, you know, some music alongside some some, some films, some quotes that might be fun for you. Um, the reviews currently are quite David Lynch inspired because I just went on a weird, a weird <laughs> kick of David Lintz, and I can't stop it at the moment. <laughs> um, I've actually started to rewatch Twin Peaks immediately after finishing it. <laughs> 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 I literally just finished it about like two weeks ago, and I just thought, oh,
2: that's great. you know what,
0: I'll do it again, <laughs> and I've already done season two. Um, so yeah, I've enjoyed that. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you want to jump straight into mm. the news?
1: We can do, the news. So, um, it is a bit of a light one, I have to admit. Um, I don't know if I just missed stuff, or if there genuinely isn't much going on, but this is what we've got. So, initially, we've got a deadline reporting that actor Jack Kessie will star as Hellboy in the recently announced reboot, Hellboy the Crooked Man. The 33-year-old has previously had roles in Deadpool 2, 12 Strong, and Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Um, that's our, that, that's our headline. <laughs>
0: that's
1: our main one. No, but good luck to him. He looks like he could do it. He's a big, big guy. big guy. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed for him. Um, when it comes to DC, we've got a bit of news. better bit of news. So a social media post from earlier this year has come to light in which Arrowverse co-creator Mark Guggenheim reminisced rather scathingly on the outcome of his years of work on the DC shows for the CW. Mm-hmm. Guggenheim worked on the very first season of Arrow in 2012 along with Greg Berlanti and there was somebody else who I forgot to write the name down of and I'm very sorry that I haven't said. <laughs> and and anyway, Guggenheim said that um, little work has come of Kind of what he did on those shows, which include the Crisis on Infinite Earth's crossover, which he described as a labour of love. The headline statement of the piece, however, were comments made about the new Gun Saffron leadership. Speaking specifically on the new writers' room that the duo have assembled. Guggenheim said, and I quote, Suffice to say, I am not among that group. I'm not particularly surprised. In fact, I assumed that they would assemble some kind of brain trust to help f- facilitate what I assumed, hoped, would be a vision as ambitious as the DC Universe deserved. But I'll be honest, I would have liked to have gotten at least a meeting. Not a job, mind you, a meeting, a conversation, a small recognition of what I tried to do to contribute to the grand tapestry that is the DC Universe. I'd only spent 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 nine years toiling in that vineyard after all, not including many more years co-writing the Green Lantern movie, a Green Lantern streaming series, and comic books like The Flash, Batman Confidential Adventures of Superman, and Justice Society of America. Simply put, the Arrowverse hasn't led to any other gigs, so it feels, at least on a career level, that I really wasted my time.
0: that is quite scary. This comes
1: as the... <laughs> uh, this comes as the Flash's final season is set to finish in May, drawing the curtain closed on a very divisive Arrowverse. Uh, it's a big statement. Yeah. So. Um, personally, I don't think he did himself any favors by mentioning that he wrote the Green Lantern movie. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, I still kind of respect the job that he'd done in in kind of marshing all those TV series. Yeah. So I understand from his point of view. Yeah. Why he might be a little bit annoyed that he hasn't been considered? Yeah, I think. Um, just to be fair, the to whole
0: me. yeah, the whole CW universe is just a weird corner of the of the entire superhero genre for me. That I um, I never quite know what to think about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it has its fans,
2: that's for
0: sure. Oh yeah, sure. And I remember when it started with like Arrow I and just the Flash that it was quite like well regarded, and mm. then yeah, kind of. I kind of went
1: downhill a bit, from why not? But yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the that's bit of DC news for today. Um, we've also had news about a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. The animated movie is directed by Jeff Rowe, who did the Mitchells versus the Machines, and from the teaser it suggests that art style is going to be very in a similar vein. Uh, the film's voice cast includes Jackie Chan, Paul Rudge, Giancarlo Esposito, John Cena, Roseburn, Mayor Rudolph, Ice Cube, Natasha Dimitriou and Hannibal Buress. Um, so, yeah, that's quite interesting.
0: Yeah, I quite like that, really. It's about
1: time the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, you know, about time they had something going them. Yeah, forward.
0: I think it's, I think in terms of cartoons, I imagine it's doing pretty well, but there's like actual movies that have been coming out. It's been um, not great. You know, there was those mm. two Michael Bay, kind of not directed by but kind of producer. I think uh, movies yeah. and that were very Michael bit, um, despite not being him. Mm. Um, but yeah,
1: just why have why have you made the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles dirty Yeah, how have you done this? They were like they're not meant to be
0: edgy. No, and they were, they were edgy. They were like weirdly grimy, and they were like seven foot tall. Um, like. You're kind of missing out on the the teenage part of it when they look, the way they look in that in that uh, those two movies. Um,
1: Mm. They look and sound like middle-aged men.
0: Yeah, I think you know. I also really enjoy the idea that they've actually cast genuinely young people as the four main turtles. Um,
1: Yeah, they have. When I heard
0: their voices, it took me a while to realise that. Oh yeah, they are meant to be this age. It's weird that it's been not this for a while. You know, like it's. It's largely, especially the actual the news that came out recently. I think they're all like thirty year old actors is <laughs> doing their voices. Mm. Really,
1: one of them was um one of them was Alan, Alan Richardson, who's Richard in the Amazon series. <laughs>
0: yeah, him. Yeah,
1: he's about forty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's like a weird yeah. So I think it makes sense that they're going this route, right. and it looks like good, like visually, it looks really good. Um, mm. yeah, yeah, I'm excited for like that thing, like that property. I guess to get an actual good modern Yeah,
1: bit. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, other trailers coming out this week include Dexter Fletcher's Ghosted, which stars Chris Evans and Ana de Armas Haunted Mansion, Peter Pan and Wendy and the Russo Brothers produced Citadel series starring Richard Matten and Priyanka Chopra um, There's been earlier reactions servicing for John Wick Chapter 4 They are very complimentary, saying that the franchise has reached new heights for george dropping action Ooh. The Walking Dead's Rick and Michonne spin-off has finally begun filming. It's a miracle. <laughs> um Lucifer <laughs> Allen Leslie Ann Brant has also joined the cast, which so far just just, just includes Andrew Lincoln and Dana Guerrero. Um that's finally happening. Yay. Thank God. <laughs> that's been All time. That's been talked about for years. Yeah. It was an, it was announced at the film like 5 years ago. <laughs> so we're finally here. Yeah. Anyway, Finally, the news Hugh Jackman has said he'll be playing several variants of Wolverine in Deadpool 2. And that's it. That's what I've got. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's what Twitter's given me this week. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. That's pretty, that's pretty light news,
1: yeah. Um, so, yeah. That kind of brings us on to our main topic, which, as you said, is Oscar's stuff.
0: Oscar's um,
1: stuff. Uh, mainly kind of deserved winners because, like you said, this time of year rolls around, and everyone's everyone's talking about the films that they think didn't deserve to win. So we thought, let's be happy. Yeah, let's
0: put some
1: positivity towards like it. Let's, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess, do you want to kind of start off by talking about what you generally think of the Oscars?
0: Yeah, it's a weird one because it it's kind of I would like it to be my thing in a way. Like I would love to be like, you mm. know, as a guy who loves films and, you know, people ask me about films all the time. And around this time of year I get the the classic, oh the Oscars, are you excited? And I don't know how to respond to more than like yeah. I guess I'm not really into it that often. <laughs> like I think it's fine. I think it's a bit much. I think I think it's nice that there's some sort of a big celebration for the movies and I think it's very nice as well that that celebration is kind of Arguably the most popular and well esteemed one, I would say. I think when you mm. think about the Oscars, you really do think like the highest possible like award for any sort of art thing. Um, something about it kind of has this weird kind of prestige to it, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's it's an event that I kind of just think it kind of gets too big for its its own shoes, and then kind of
2: mm. goes
0: too far, and I can't help but kind of see it in a weird kind of parody way. At this point um mm. whenever i see something see like an oscar clip or something i, I actually oh yeah i think last couple of years actually I, I have watched it in full at the time of uh, broadcast um and it's just kind of been i'm always just like kind of looking at my watch and just waiting for the actual awards to be announced um and then when that happens it's usually mm. either pretty you know nice or i'm disappointed but it's never like it's kind of a way because i, I I want to have strong opinions about it, but I don't really have that much to say aside from it's like the most I would say award shows. That's like, you know, can we just move along a bit faster, please? But it's, you know, and can we just, you know, it doesn't really. If a movie gets an Oscar, that's great. It I think I think it adds a lot to the um, getting talked about in the mainstream kind of consciousness. Um, I think that's the, the best thing it does really, that like giving these movies a, a certain element that can kind of jumpstart them I guess into like mainstream conversation Some people go, Oh, it gets getting an Oscar, it mm-hmm. must be good or it must be something special. I'll give it a watch. And I think that can hold quite a lot of power. Um but outside of that, yeah, I don't really it's either too long or it's just I just don't really you know, it's if it gets an Oscar, that's great, but I have to you have to keep in mind that for the most part it is people in a room that are above a certain age and in a certain demographic. You're just deciding what a good movie is, and that's not really how it works. <laughs> um, mm. So it's kind of, you know, yeah, it's a bit iffy about it. I also had like a strong opinion, but I really don't. Um, yeah, I mean, how, do you mm. do you kind of are you kind of a similar vein, or do you enjoy it more or dislike it more?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a strange one in that it's taken on a really like a really weird place in kind of film culture or just general pop culture um like he kind of mentioned if it ever comes on the news or if there's an advert for it and you're in a room full of people and you're the film graduate you can just feel people just turn to look yeah, at you. yeah as if they're expecting some great wisdom from me in response yeah um but yeah it's this weird kind of place in where it's kind of glamorized and and both hyped up but also kind of groaned at the same time. It's the weird how that tends to happen to it. Um, and you can see why it's you know, it's a very it's your definition of kind of a glitzy ceremony where, you know, awards are handed out, people kind of give speeches that often go one of two ways. <laughs> and they go really well or really badly. Yeah. Um and yeah, it kind of has this place of, of like you said, it comes into into the realms of definitively saying which films are good and which films are bad, which I I never thinks a good idea. Yeah. Um, but I guess similar to what you said, there's always a benefit of it in that, from a crafts point of view, it does help people that are involved in films. Mm. Like it, it it can it can be a good a good. Kind of opportunity for one of two things. Uh, it can be a way of of certain people kind of getting on the map, yeah. so to speak. Especially if you're talking about kind of behind-the-scenes roles, and they were kind of cinematographers, editors as well. It's kind of a moment for them to kind of be in the same spotlight as the people that traditionally get all the attention, like the actors. It's, it's kind of a moment where they can they can be praised, yeah. um, and as well, kind of on the second one. It's always nice, and this is a very specific situation, but it's always nice to see to see maybe actors or just just, just people kind of in the spotlight who kind of finally deserve recognition to get it. Um, I think you know if th- there are a lot of kind of career actors who haven't previously kind of had awards or anything like that, and then they've come to the Oscars and they've ended up kind of. Um, kind of getting an award and getting the moment in the spotlight to be celebrated. I know from doing the research, kind of it's like a very momentary thing for me, but from doing the research, kind of looking back on um, some of the winners, one of the ones that I kind of, I've completely forgotten about was Alice and Janie, who uh, won um, supporting Best Supporting Actress for I, Tonya. Mm. Um, for me, uh, as someone who's currently going through a watch of, the, of West Wing, which I've never seen before, and she's very good in that. It's kind of a moment where, you know, it's good that they, they for them. Okay, as a personal achievement. It's good for them to have had the award and the moment to celebrate kind of their career. It's happened a few times. And it's kind of, this current kind of set of Oscar nominees feels like a prime example of that. You know, across the board, there's a lot of, mainly in the acting category, but there's a lot of actors who have come back. Yeah. Or have made big comebacks and they're on that list. People like Brendan Fraser and um, Ki Hoi Kwan. Uh, it's a big moment for him. And a very, very, very well, like much deserved moment for him to be celebrated. Yeah. Um, Michelle Yeoh is I think it's one of the first time she's been nominated for for acting awards. And in those cases, it's kind of really good to see. But then, then there's, there's, there's always, there's always is that kind of cloud that hangs around the Oscars. Um, in terms of them maybe going too far, too glitzy, too too much of a parody of itself. Um, it's kind of that case of, of, of something that's desperately trying to stay relevant, uh, when it doesn't necessarily need to try as hard as it does sometimes. You know, you think something as big as the Oscars can get by on on its own by just being the Oscars, by being kind of the premier awards show for an industry. Apparently not. <laughs> um no, <laughs> apparently not. So yeah, it's it's got a very weird standing. Um do you wanna kinda of move on to our, our picks?
0: Yeah.
1: Or is there anything else I wanna mention about the kind of the broad overview? Yeah, I
0: think I think for me my first kind of pick here is um a very popular movie that I think like pretty much everyone you talk to has seen at least once in passing. Uh so it's not really a thought to mm-hmm. think of like as a letting people know that it exists sort of thing, but it's more of a the genre that it's in and the, the budget that it has, that's kind of the most surprising part of that it got, um, mm-hmm. the kind of rewards that it got and it got so many awards. Um, and I think it deserves them all in total. Like it absolutely deserves it. I think it's, uh, for me, it's, uh, the third, uh, Lord of the Rings movie. Um,
1: <laughs> that's my first pick. Is it?
0: Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a great, it's a great winner because I'm rewatching yeah. that film like mm. every, year. um, it hits everything that it's going for like 10 out of 10 and and it's so clear in what it's doing and it's such like a it is exactly what it is in the sense that it is a it is a genre movie it is through and through this you know this big huge epic uh medieval sort of battle sort of thing even though it's a fantasy as well um and it doesn't like at all shy away from that i think one of the best things about that trilogy really is that it it does not try to like do those books but do them like the realistic way or something like a bit less you know it's not really a dragon it's more like, like they actually did do a full-on fantasy series that is both drama and dark but also quite light and playful and i mm-hmm. think it's and isn't that it gets away with that is It's so well and i just want to list off what it like won and what it got nominated for so mm-hmm. it got nominated for best sound mixing And then it won for best film editing, it won for best makeup and hairstyling, it won for best sound mixing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I got got that as well. Um, It won for best costume design, it won for best production design, it won for best adapted screenplay, it won for best original score, it won for best visual effects, and it won best director, best original song, and best picture of 2004. Um, So, you know, it got so many awards i can't i can't believe I've mm. them, i have seen actually went back and watched that award ceremony morning because i can't you know imagine the amount of time peter jackson and that crew like stood up and had to walk on stage and thought something different each time i just say um
2: mm.
0: it's like an incredible kind of achievement really i think you know when you look at that film it's it's kind of like it's always still now to me that it pulls off what it does and i think it's so rare that you get we have had good franchise ending films that have like really like nailed it but i would have to say that i think i do think Lord of the Rings is probably one of the first ones to do it right the first time um to really nail the ending and i think when you get a, an extremely good ending to a well-regarded trilogy that works really well i think that the feeling is quite powerful um and it's very rare and it's, it's quite hard to get like it's like lightning in a bottle sort of thing um and I think everyone kind of universally almost like agreed that like this is pretty special. And I think it's incredible that you know when you think about Oscars films, for example, the films that win Best Picture usually or Best Screenplay or something like that. Like I think they're often reserved for period dramas that are about something very serious and very real. um Or if they are comedies, they're more like dark comedies. Or you know there's this weird kind of you go go hand with the weird sort of viewpoint on you ask where it's so clean and so procedures that I guess to the point where it's a bit ridiculous where you get these Oscar bait movies for example um, that might just be a movie trying to be a movie and trying to tell a story but at the same time you can't help but see a movie about for example I don't know people, people you see a movie about people talking inside one room about a very serious subject like my imperial clothing and you go ah yeah this is an Oscar bait movie uh, and you're saying mm. that usually because it's, you know, it's what the Oscars always go for in terms of best pictures and best, you know, anything really. Um, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a miracle that this movie that is about a wizard and dragons and a big wall with big uh, elephants with like, yeah, like this guy called Sauron has a, a magical ring. Like that, that, that you know, that one, you um, so many awards, including the best of all of them in some ways. Um yeah. I mean for you it's just like your perfect example of like a genre picture getting uh, what it deserves, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's a real kind of fist pump fist uh, pump moment of knowing that kind of like you said, a genre film. Yeah. Kind of being the one to pick up the big prize and the main one that is like you said, it's always it's always almost saved for drama categories, you know, big science fiction or fantasy films, they just don't win mm. the best picture. Yeah. It's not the kind of, despite kind of the Oscars having this kind of idea of being kind of for every film, there is, there is a, there is a definite preference. And you will, you will always get that depending on who, who's making these decisions. There is always going to be a slight preference. Mm. Um, but to see a film like Lord of the Rings, which is, it's one of the biggest and the best examples of what feels like everyone coming together for a big fantasy film yeah. or a big genre film. In that it's one of the first times, one of the only times that there's kind of universal love from kind of critics, from fans, from casual cinema goers to more dedicated cinema goers. Almost everyone loves that mm. film. And it, it kind of feels like, if there ever was going to be a genre film to win best picture it was always going to be that one yeah if it was done right um simply because of kind of the culture that kind of gravitated around it and it's kind of got that, that special place as a result it's kind of the one the one that made it
0: yeah got away with <laughs> and it and <laughs> it's kind of
1: from yeah. From kind of a genre film perspective, it's always going to be, a, you know, if, if you are someone who's wanting to win Oscars and win awards and you're firmly in the corner of, of genre films, it's always going to kind of be the target. It's kind of the legacy for for other films to live up to. yeah. Um, and kind of so few have kind of since then. Um, I, I think we have seen more kind of variants recently with kind of some more kind of horror or thriller or just kind of more more that have strayed away from the traditional kind of drama sense that, like you said, you always associate with being kind of the big, the big picture. And I think one of the other things to kind of take away is that it didn't just win Best Picture. Like you said, it kind of swept the board in several other categories. Um, I was kind of reading along with you on the Oscar for website while you were reading there, and I noticed that for all those ones, strangely, it wasn't even nominated for cinematography.
0: Oh uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> which, is, which feels strange. Mm. Um, but yeah, and one of the other things to kind of, kind of take note of from kind of that year is that it's not, it's not a weak category. Mm. It's, it's not a case of they gave it to Lord of the Rings because they didn't want to give it to anyone else, anything else. There are other kind of beloved films in there, Lost in Translation and Mystic River kind of being the main two. Yeah. You would think that if, if it was a situation where they wanted to look for a way out, they could have quite easily gone for either yes. of them. And people would have been disappointed probably, but nobody would have been entirely surprised, I don't yeah. think. Um, but the fact that it you know, came in with that strong category and it won that year, it's just kind of it just it always makes me smile mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i think that's the thing um i don't know that i've got i've tried to come up with facts for for several of these um and you kind of you you, you kind of glossed on it when you were giving your intro to, to return of the king in the only uh, only two sequels have ever one best picture um so this one and uh, godfather part 2
0: right okay yeah, so I think um, that kind of so piece of, the, one of two. the whole idea that you know you're part of any sort of franchise, you can't, you know, mm. you're not really going to get an Oscar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, although you never know. Top Gun Maverick's been nominated, oh, so yeah. it could be that True. this True. year. Um, I would also say that um, the kind of area we're talking about here was when they had a smaller category for Best Picture.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, there were five nominees, whereas now I think there's something like eight. Yeah. Might be more, there might be, yeah, there might be even more. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh my first pick was Return of the King as well. <laughs> um, because yeah, like you said, it also won for like best picture and best adapted screenplay as well, which is yeah.
0: it's not easy, it's well, to do now. <laughs> No, but yeah, do you want to move on to your uh, that's uh, second
1: one then? We can do that's a very strong first, pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've kind of I've kind of picked my what is now gonna be my first pick for kind of two reasons. Um and it's it's fairly recent and it's um primarily Guillermo del Toro but kind of also Shape of Water. Mm. Yeah. Um which I know isn't isn't always one people go to when they talk about kind of deserving winners, I know that. Um It's kind of one that isn't... It's not a film that's for everybody. (laughs) And there are several times when watching it when I'm not entirely sure whether it's a film for me either. (laughs) Um, Again, it was another year where it was a strong category. you know. There'd there'd, there'd be shouts for three billboards outside of Missouri to win, Mm. or a film like Call Me By Your Name, or Dunkirk even. Mm. But it was, it was Shape of Water. And kind of the main reason that I always kind of... Um, think of this, whenever I think of the Oscars, isn't necessarily for it winning Best Picture, but more for it winning Best Director.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Um, And I don't know why this has kind of happened. It was one of the first kind of Oscars award ceremonies that I was majorly aware of. Um, And whenever I kind of think of Oscars and primarily kind of the award ceremony, I think of kind of this year and this win because I always remember um, the acceptance speech Guillermo del Toro gave. Mm, yeah. Um, which, for me, is it's, it's kind of one of the most moving and one of the most kind of summed-up cinema moments, <laughs> if you know yeah. what I mean. Because um, I've got the quote here, he says... Um, he, I think I think this comes from when they won the Best Picture Award. But it says, I think the greatest thing that our, that our industry does is erase the lines in the sand... We should continue doing that when the world tells us to make them deeper. And then he kind of goes on to talk about um, fantasy and saying, everyone that is dreaming of using fantasy to tell the stories about things that are in the real world today, you can do it. This is the door. Kick it open and come in. And I think those kind of words have always kind of stayed with me. In a similar vein, we're talking about Lord of the Rings winning. The shape of war is... It is also a kind of a heavily genre film. It's very Guillermo del Toro, kind of the political um, frenzy that the film has, as well as kind of the very distinct art style, kind of horrory y drama, um, with the, these really kind of sentimental, romanticised feelings that the film produces. Um, and again, it's not... I, I wouldn't say that I absolutely love the film. I think it, <laughs> it's not kind of an easily, easily enjoyable film. But I kind of deeply respect it, yeah, and I kind of respect it because it very much sums up Guillermo del Toro and kind of that really fantastical approach that he has um which for me just I just really love kind of the way way he approaches films and that style he brings to them um and for me, yeah, this winning it just feels deserved, it's like 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 you said before, it's. In a ceremony where you often see dramas, uh, period films, uh, biopics often win, I'm kind of cheering the corner of the, the something weird film, which you know, maybe not exactly on this case, but the fact that something weird did win feels feels something that again makes me smile. Yeah,
0: something like.
1: Do you have any kind of particular thoughts on
2: it?
0: Yeah, I think for me it's kind of a a film that again like similar to you was kind of around that time I was very aware well, of the Oscars for the first proper kind of time. I think maybe because that's my first year in uni, maybe. Um, mm, but yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And I remember, um, I do, I, yeah, I think I do love this movie, honestly. I think, for me, overall, it's a movie that is, it, it's just so strange, but at the same time, so, uh, well, so sincere about it. I think that's the main thing for me, is that it's so, um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like a, it has this weird kind of, a uh, subject matter at the core, but it's also kind of, very whimsical at the same time, even though it can be quite dark. Um, I love how it kind of combines all these elements together. And at no point do I ever think to myself that it doesn't make sense that this creature or this world inhabits these things inside of it. Um, so I think is kind of important in terms of uh, go Gil, out Gil- 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 can't say his it, first name, Del Toro. I'll say that. Um <laughs> uh, I think what he does so well is he makes the world around the, fa- the fantastical things make, make sense. You know, the two kind of coexist perfectly. I think that's very true of this movie. Um, and as, yeah, I think for me it's kind of a. I think it's as bizarre and wonderful in many ways that this film won, especially whenever I think about that scene where uh, the movie turns black and white and they do like a little dance mm. number. Um, yeah. And I just think it's like, this is great. I love it. I mean, whatever I just, I think the best way to kind of frame watching a movie um, is to watch it. And instead of seeing something weird and going, oh, that was weird. And then going, I didn't like it. Just say, that was weird. All right. <laughs> just move on. <laughs> just keep on watching and, just, you know, enjoy it for what it's doing. And I think that's like a perfect mm. movie where it's just like, that was weird. All right, cool. <laughs> um, sort of thing. Um... Yeah, I think it's a movie, it connects very well. I think it it does get quite uh, emotional and interior near the end for me. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's totally deserved. I think it's totally in that kind of realm of you know the Oscars uh, finally you know acclaiming a movie that deserves it and is not you know the typical Oscar movie. I think. Um,
2: mm.
0: Yeah, I think that yeah, it's kind of a, a great second uh, second choice there.
1: Yeah. Um, also, I've got another fun fact for this, um, kind of surrounding the film. So um, Guillermo del Toro is part of what like, most people refer to as the Three Amigos. So it's it's a trio of Mexican directors. So it's him, Alfonso Cuaron, and Alejandro González Um And my fun fact is that for a stretch of six years, one of those three... One Best Director for five out of the six years. Mm. And like the like best mates, they grew up together. Oh, right. Think. Oh, I didn't know that um, one. So, for anyone curious, the facts are Quaron uh, won for Gravity in 2014, um, Alejandro Gonzalez and Uritu won for Birdman in 2015, then won again for Revenant in 2016, they were interrupted by Damien Chazelle in 2017, then in 2018, Del Toro won for Shape of Water, and then Quaron ended it all for winning uh, in 2019 for Roma.
0: <laughs> That's great. <Yeah. laughs>
1: there was a stretch there where they were the kings.
0: Three minutes making films.
1: <laughs> mm. Which again, you'd love to yeah. see. Yeah,
0: you want to see here, really, don't you? Yeah,
1: yeah, but yeah. Um, do you have a, a second choice?
0: Um, yeah, for me, mine is more of a a current one, and I think it's. You know we don't actually know the outcome yet but i think for me it it'll be nice if it won but i don't it doesn't really matter that much. It's more the fact that it got recognized and it's kind of being mm. it's out there um and that for me is of course everything everywhere all at once um i just want to list off what it's nominated for currently uh so yeah it's nominated for film editing uh best costume design best original score uh best original screenplay best director Best supporting actor, best supporting actress, uh, best supporting. Oh, two support. Oh, we have two supporting best actress, um, best actress, and then best picture. Um, if it weren't even one or two of these, it'd be great, but I think it'll probably be better than that. But I think for me, I never seeing this film when it came out. I think I saw it like near midnight. There was only one showing that day. And it was like the release day. And I think I saw it with a couple. You know, I went by myself, but there were people in the cinema was like maybe 20 overall and a big, in the big cinema. And I remember thinking, oh, it's a shame that no one's really seen this. But, I, you, know, as you know, I think people might see it later on. Um, I remember loving it and having one of, the, one of the best experiences ever. And then I remember kind of trying to leave the cinema. And I think everyone had the exact same experience of just not being able to quite leave just yet. Um, cause no one did until the credits completely rolled out. Um and it's just like one of those things where I remember um it's one of the most like intense reactions that I've ever had because I remember going home. Like, I walked home the entire way.
2: Um
0: it was about half an hour and I I sat down, and I thought about the movie the entire time. And about halfway into being at home, I realised that I couldn't fully remember getting home. I just remember that I just know that I got home at some point. Um and that entire, you know, journey home I was just thinking about this movie and thinking about everything everything i had going on inside of it and listening to the soundtrack as well i think it's just such a it's just such a big movie despite being actually quite small um i think that's the best thing about it really is that it's so it's so huge but its budget is not at all really a blockbuster size um its visual effects for example are sometimes done by the directors um Mm
2: -hmm. a lot
0: of the actual set design and costume design is very much you know, it is, you know, they had a budget and it could do a lot of things, but at the same time, it wasn't, you know, you know, Avengers or a uh, Lord of the Rings sort of thing. It's very much, you know, they'd have to cut out a certain entire concept because it didn't fit in and didn't have a budget. Um, the fact that this movie, that's relatively small budget and it's doing so much, and at the same time, at no point in the film loses its whole point, I think. I think, you know, there's a lot of points to be made about this film and have what it's saying, but. The controlling idea I guess you could call it um never gets lost and I think it's it's pretty powerful throughout the entire thing I think I think the perfect thing about this movie is that it's not um it's a movie in which uh it kind of proves that to be emotionally resonant and saying somatic complex things you don't have to be saying it very quietly you don't have to be saying it very deeply and mm. quietly and seriously you can say it a lot and have it be very loud and very over the top and very inspired by you know John, for example and it can still be if not more sometimes powerful than just you know quiet contemplative you know uh depressed kind of monologue sort of things um i think you know I think this film kind of proves that and i think just by its ex- existence really i think it's pretty magical that it's, it's getting so much acclaim and also so much awareness that i've you know, the people that I've met will would probably see this movie or be aware of it, are very much aware of this film and are kind of also in its corner for winning after seeing the film. Um even people that didn't love the film, I haven't met one person who had like a dislike for the film. Um so I think that's also kind of similar to Lord of the Rings in a way, kind of a similar thing where it's hard to find anyone I think that's when that's a bad movie sort of thing so far. I'm sure they're out there, but um yeah, I think this film, if it wins any of them, uh, I'll be happy. If it wins Best Picture or Best uh, Director, or especially I guess Best uh, Best Actress, um, really, I think it would be pretty, especially playing Actor, especially um, it would be pretty great. Because I think it's 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 weird because it's just a big movie, but it feels like like your mates' film that you made <laughs> in studio <Sergio laughs> university <laughs> that was be really good. Yeah um it kind of feels that way i think that's kind of magical about it um so yeah i think this is kind of a a modern example of like a a pretty deserving winner you know it doesn't win you know i'm glad i got nominated um but yeah for you is this a are you happy about how many awards this film might be getting
2: yeah it
1: is it's really happy to see like you say it's like it is like seeing your mates (laughs) up there
2: um
1: just to consider kind of where it came from those kind of in terms of the production, kind of the level at which it's at, with, like you said, directors having to do very special effects and kind of the, I don't know, kind of the, the DIY aspect of the film. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean it as the highest possible compliment. Mm. Yeah. Um, to see kind of it come all the way from there to being, you know, being nominated, but not just nominated, kind of, it's, it's a situation where you're thinking it, it kind of has a shot. <laughs> yeah. 'Cause it's kind of the the more I guess how how would you describe them, the more kind of fan or or I guess the, the lower brow kind of award ceremonies have all gone for this one. Um whereas a lot of the kind of the higher brow ones, like the Golden Globes and and um No, well uh BAFTA and All those. I've either gone for The Fablemans or Quiet on the Western Front. Um, And kind of coming into it, it is kind of, you know, we've talked about the genre film and that kind of thing. It's a very interesting point to come into this Oscars because you've got this very genre, very weird. And again, I mean that as the highest possible compliment film going up against The Fablemans, which is... With the utmost respect, it is a very Oscars film. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is interesting to kind of see them shape up and just to see how, how the actors do as well, because you just... I think the dream for everyone at this point is to see um, ki Kwan on that stage getting that award. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: He is the people's champion already. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like you said, it, it it's just good to see it nominated and to have it get kind of as far as it's got. It is it feels like a triumph. It feel it's kind of one of those things where you think maybe it is possible.
0: <laughs> maybe it could happen.
1: Maybe it could happen. Um, but yeah, it is a really interesting kind of point of view to come at come at it from. Yeah. Um, do I can kind of move on to to the next kind of choice? Yeah.
0: What's your next choice?
1: Um, so I, I've kind of I've I've gone for something that isn't as isn't isn't as kind of best picture in that I've gone for um Lewisl Lewisl Lewis will like me for this. Uh I've gone for uh, Roger Deakins for cinematography for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh. Um it's very much part of the pattern of what I've kind of talked about so far, in that it's a very sci fi film, yet. Yeah here it is picking up a Best Cinematography Oscar. (laughs) Um, And again, it kind of speaks to kind of the craft recognition that genre films are getting, not just kind of the big headline stuff with the craft ones, because there's always kind of been the idea that big sci-fi films, kind of superhero films, genre films, have always kind of been saved for categories like um, best special effects if, if it's kind of got there or not best special effects, best score sometimes kind of best costume design those kind of things um, and kind of cinematography has kind of been the one it's kind of been the one kind of art um, more craft orientated um, or at least kind of from a, a general audience perspective a more craft orientated category that's kind of They've been one of the latter ones to go, because, you know, with the big genre films, it's kind of difficult to know cinematography from Best Special Effects, for example. Um You know, for a lot of people, they do kind of blend together, I suppose. But to have a film kind of like Blade Runner 2049, which got a lot of good critical response, didn't do as well as many would have hoped at the box office, um... But for me, it's a film that I just thoroughly enjoyed, whether it's in the big screen or not. It's in terms of kind of, I suppose, high concept, would you class it as still? Yeah. Kind of the big concept science fiction. Um, it's it it's real, I have a real soft spot for it. <laughs> um, and so f- to see kind of someone like Roger Deakins as well, who's a very kind of well-respected cinematographer, because I, I I was torn between going for this and the cinematography for 1917 simply because of how kind of ambitious that that film was um but just to have it win for something like Blade Runner or have him win and the film win for something like Blade Runner that is this kind of big science fiction film very much in the vein of Del Toro winning for a John film and Lord of the Rings winning as a John film it just kind of I'm just happy to see yeah it. Yeah, that's a smile on my face. Yeah, um, also, my fun fact for this entry isn't actually related to this entry, it's more just related to cinematography. But Emmanuel Lubezki won best cinematography three years in a row. Did
0: he?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, which one? Where's where's me? Where's off? Well, you see, when people complained about having too many um tabs open, <laughs> yeah. Um, I am one of those people, and now I see kind of the problem with it in that I've completely lost <laughs> um, where, which tab <laughs> this was on. Um, so if you give me a minute, while I ramble on and try and cover for my own error, um, while I while I type up a new search bar to add yet another tab <laughs>
0: to my selection, Three other things
1: further. <laughs> so now there's going to there's gonna be, be two of these best cinematography tabs. Mm. Um, prepared as always so yeah Emmanuel Lubezki won for Gravity Bird Man on the Revenant
0: wow
1: over three consecutive years yes. so you know that's yeah he
0: just knows
1: it <laughs> yeah mates with the uh, mates with the uh, um, three amigos mm. he goes by the nickname Chivo which means goat in Spanish oh
0: um,
1: there's another fun fact for you
0: greatest of all time I'm assuming <laughs> Mm-hmm, of yes. course the, the the young speak yes <laughs> <laughs> the kids mm-hmm, like this, yeah, I heard.
1: um yeah but yeah that that's kind of that's kind of the third pick that i had for this good pick
0: thank
1: you <laughs> do you uh do you have any comments on that or do, or do you have um do you have uh, another kind of third
0: pick well i think yeah, yeah i to? think it's the me Blade runner um this movie i think is a rare kind of thing where I think you know it when you see it. Mm. When you see like a big, a big blockbuster movie that's actually um, fully like fine-tuned in a way. Um, I think every mm. shot in that film, uh, you know, the actual cinematography, or the musical, whatever it may be, is so hyper-realized to what it's it fully can be um, that it's just like a it's a real behemoth of a movie where you just can't believe it happened and it came off like this well. Um, it's just beautiful. I think. Um, I think that's true also. Mm. Of, you know, June as well recently. Um, and similar yeah. kind of news in a sense. I think when you see, I think when you see a blockbuster that's really going for it and does it very well, I think you can't help but feel like you're watching something very special. And I think that film is definitely an example of that. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, mm. but yeah, other than that though, for me, I have um my other pick, which might be my last pick so far um kind of the, the kind of big one i think i think everyone remembers this very well but a uh, parasite um yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah got nominated for film editing nominated for, uh, for production design uh one for original screenplay uh one for best international feature film uh one for best director and then one for uh, best picture um yeah i think this film I just I really enjoy this film. I think I, I love it more and more whenever I kind of come back to it. Um, but also I love it because I think it's kind of a, it's a big kind of step forward in terms of having, you know, the big films getting talked about and not just be American or English voice um kind of movies. Um, kind of big moment. I think it's I love the um the speech by, uh, by a by director um Bong Joon Ho. So I'll I'll check that. And I said that right, or not um, just two seconds. So you know, you don't want you don't want like to don't you? Yeah, I know. Find you <laughs> yeah. That that's basically um, yeah um, yeah. And I think I love his, his speech in terms of um, him just saying you just get over the like the two inches of just you know words on the bottom of the screen. Then there's so much more cinema out there that's so good, and I think that's very true. And I think that's you know i love that he said that on stage whilst getting an oscar for best picture and i also love that he got um i think this is a great moment that i stuck with, stuck with, stuck with me for a while because i thought that would be my exact same reaction where he's um he's got the oscar he's giving the speech and then i think he walks behind the presenter who's calling down on the show and then he's just in the background staring at the oscar and at some point i think he just Looks at the audience and points at the Oscar and he just looks at them like, what the f <laughs> 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 it's like how it's a giddy, sort of unbelievable, like this is actually happening, laugh sort of thing to himself. Um that <laughs> I think sums up the whole thing. Um Yeah, and I think that's just a, a brilliant moment, I think, as well. I think he's a lovely man, and I also think his films uh, what I've seen was just at least half of them, I think, at this point. I think they were all astoundingly good i think it's kind of amazing as well that like he's not just a drama sort of director he's also done some uh big like an invasion movie, invasion movie for example um and you know horror and different sort of things like that and i think it's uh, yeah i just yeah i love him as a person i love his films and i think it was a i think it was a pretty big moment for the Oscars and just in general people's what film people were taking in because I think perfect example is for me that was the first film that i with my parents kind of sat them down and said let's watch this and they said yes to it and actually watched a a film that was entirely non-english and has subtitles the entire way through and they loved it and i think that's i think for me that's like kind of the best thing to say about that film is that that experience happened and that they you know that that happened and that they loved it i think it's pretty big and i think it's i think that speaks for a lot of people and their experience with this film where they you know sometimes people are a bit iffy about it and don't know if they want to sit down what's a film that's subtitled i think it's kind of a it's kind of a weird um kind of connotation with watching a film that's subtitles like being too artsy or deep or depressing or whatever um mm-hmm. and then to have this film I, it is kind of depressing but also kind of you know thrilling in a, in a lot of ways. it's kind of a thriller in some ways um yeah i think that was pretty amazing and a pretty key step forward um Yeah, what about for you? Does this kind of film Do you feel like this film was like a big kind of step forward for mainstream sort of intake of different films?
1: Yeah, it feels like the kind of breaking of a barrier. Mm, Um similar to what we've kind of mentioned before about some of the other ones, is that it's also it's a very kind of competitive kind of selection of films as well that year. Mm. Um so again, it it wasn't it wasn't a case of this being like, a, like a, a trivial win, it is. It's huge. It's big. It's it's a film that kind of is is normally kind of part of the category that almost feels like it's kind of pushed aside to the, kind of the best international category.
2: Yeah.
1: Which you know it's not it's not what that category is, but it kind of feels like a film that would ordinarily just have maybe won in that category, but then then not really had a say when it comes to Best Picture. Yes. So it certainly just feels like a huge kind of breaking of a barrier mm. and kind of the introduction of just more variety to the Oscars and to make it a real celebration of, of film, whereas previously, you know, you can certainly make the argument that it's not it's not a celebration of film as a whole because it's a very kind of definitive selection of films and people that are being nominated. But kind of with with this win it feels it just feels that one step closer to bringing in all those other kind of many facets of cinema um yeah it, it just feels like a just a, a big statement because you know while general audiences might not kind of win or not not win sorry might not watch the oscars there is kind of there's a big appeal to having like a best picture win attached to a film.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It 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 does have an effect. You know, you can talk about how how kind of the Oscars ceremony and the whole Oscars process for many people is is frustrating. But from a kind of a wider audience perspective, having that tag on a film is huge. Mm. It it kind of changes careers. It changes how films are marketed. You know, because of winning best picture, Parasite would have. I'm almost certain. I don't know if it's for sure, but I'm almost certain that it will have been re-shown in cinemas because of it. Won't winning best picture? Yeah. Because that that's just what tends to happen with films. Mm. And so e- even if even if it didn't sell out those kind of sc- those extra screenings, the fact that people would have gone, people would have seen it, people who maybe hadn't seen the film before would have gone, and they'd have they have you know sat through a film with subtitles. That is such a huge barrier for so many people. And yeah, it just it feels like a huge statement. Obviously, only time will tell as to as to how far kind of it, the legacy of it winning will be. But in and of itself, it's it is a tremendous achievement and, and something that thoroughly deserved its win. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. Mm. You know. Yeah, But I think for me, yeah. that's my final pick so far. Um, yeah. Do you have any mention? Yeah.
1: Well, I um I came in with three. You stole one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um <laughs> I'm joking. Um no yeah. I I I I came with three and I've 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 used them. I've used them <laughs> up.
0: Like what on some sort of quiz show you've you've used your three lifelines. To do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, no that's um that's kinda of, that's kinda of me wrapped up and I suppose we have mentioned this year's ceremony. Um I guess do we have any kind of closing remarks to make?
0: Um I would just say to an audience that might be listening, uh, to, you know, if you want to watch the Oscars, which I think I will be doing if I have the time, um, I will be watching it um, and I will enjoy it, uh, but I would like to kind of preface that, you know, it isn't a definitive, similar to like some sort of like, in a way it's similar to like Rotten Tomatoes sort of thing where it's like, mm. because it got like a, a certain rating or got a certain award does not mean is objectively now the best movie ever <laughs> it's
2: mm. it's still it's still <laughs> art
0: it's still subjective it is still what mm. you make of it the meaning the film or anything is up to you really you can ask the creator what they meant by this and that but what they're really saying is what they mean when they made it and you know what you mean is you know it's up to you so i would you know i enjoy the show i think i'll probably half quite like genuinely enjoy it half it's fun out of it because i think it's going to get very self-serious um but other than that yeah i think it's not you know it could be worse for the oscars but (laughs) um and else also of course we'll see there's any sort of new drama or or how many jokes jokes is going to be that's really annoying about the will smith slap thing um Mm. that might be a bit annoying (laughs) um but yeah what about you do you have any closing thoughts on the oscars
1: yeah, similar to you, I think it. You know, pretty much every pick that we've we've talked about in this episode has been about films that haven't maybe traditionally won and have that almost a weirdness or genre aspect to them. Um, and once again, kind of going into this ceremony, I think it's just a good reminder to embrace the weird. Yeah, that's my message to the people. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, you. you just celebrate the people that are winning uh, people who are nominated as well people who just deserve to have their work recognized but to also like you said not to take it as a as a seal of approval mm,
2: yeah
1: <laughs> not to mean that that one film is the best and everything else is just inferior yeah yeah, um, yeah it's just an opportunity to celebrate and like you said fingers crossed um, fingers crossed! I don't make some kind of skit about the slap.
0: It definitely got to because
1: that <laughs> that feels like an Oscars thing to do, to like try and reenact it comically. Yeah, only it won't be comical.
0: Yeah, I'm dreading something like that. Honestly, um, but yeah, mm. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah,
1: <laughs> it, I think it'll be it'll be very interesting. Kind of the aftermath. of This, especially this ceremony, will be very interesting.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um. But yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think that wraps it up then. Yeah. Um, mm. Yes. Yeah, so Remind you again, we have an Instagram account at Marvelous Cinema Podcast, doing some reviews, uh, reels, and also some rankings, also as well as that. So we have definitely a lot of things coming up. <coughs> <Ooh. laughs> things coming up. Sorry. <laughs> <coughs> he dies at the very end. Sorry. Yeah. Um. <coughs> <laughs> are you okay? I'm good. <laughs> I'll hold it. It's a weird way to end up like that. Um, But, yeah, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening and uh, have a good day or night.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.